This is the Weekly Scramble, a place where we chat about life over a cold one or two. It's time to belly up to the pod with Mike Fratelloni and your host, Chris Reavers. That's right. It's time for the Weekly Scramble. My name is Chris Reavers by my side. His name is Mike Fratelloni with Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Centers. Hello, Michael. How are you doing, Reavers? I'm a little bit excited. Why? Discount Bud Light. <laughs> right? Well, we should explain. So our roots in doing the show together go way back to when we did the beer show on 1500. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of evolved because we just didn't want to solely focus on just beer, even though that comes up from time to time. And we want to talk today about just, wine and liquor. Today just happens to be one of those episodes oh. where we are going to talk about not only beer, but the act of branding. You are a guy that's been in business for quite some time, and you get branding. You I mean, get you, marketing. You've branded like I mean, I know Joe is the king of Garage Logic, but you're really the branding machine behind <laughs> sure, that, sure. right? And I was the branding machine behind Fratelloni's. But the story with Bud Light is unbelievable. Would you classify this as? Is it tone deaf, out of touch? What would you classify I, I would as? say both of those things, but this is the equivalent. Actually, it's probably bigger than the Coke, New Coke fiasco. It very well could be. Remember Re- what Coke? Refresh me. Well, what was years ago, back in the 90s, I'm making that time period up, Coke came out with a new formula for Coca-Cola. And, and everybody said, hated it. It's the new formula, Coca-Cola, yeah, right, and they okay. came on, everybody hated it. Well, Bud Light decided to, because they have this marketing VP who wanted to update the inspired fratty outlook of the brand, like they, you know, fratty in quotation parts, like fraternity brother. And so they put a gentleman named, a, a, a transgender female named Dylan Mulvahey, right? Mm-hmm. And um, this person has been living as a transgender woman for a year. And they put her image on a bottle of Bud Light and wanted to be more inclusive. Now remind me, so because I, I want to nail down the specifics, so we're not accused of whatever. But it, yeah. was this for a specific event? Because I don't drink Bud Light, and I don't plan to anytime. I think they were soon. just celebrating Dylan's one year as a woman. But this and, wasn't just in one market or whatever. Nope, this, this was, was nationwide. This was nationwide. All right, all right. And it's it's going to be. Virtually every role of brand building and marketing, they say, was broken in this, right? Yep. They took their number one brand, and in one stroke, this one female VP, and I don't care if she's female, but she just happens to be a v- female B- VP of marketing for Bud, and she wanted to update it away from the frat boy feel, and she said, we wanted to be more inclusive, more progressive, and I thought, why would you take the risk, whether you believe that's the right thing or not, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, let's let's pretend that that part doesn't matter, whether, whether we think it's right or not. Why would you take the risk with your brand? So the entire marketing team's been hatched. They're all gone. Everyone's gone, right? Including but, this woman including that was featured in the video. But so they had a draft sales are down 58%. Bottle sales are down 70% wow. on Bud Light. So there's video after video of these Bud Light salesmen going into liquor stores and they're writing zero orders because no Bud Light selling. It's just sitting on the shelf. And Miller Light's gone, Coors Light, Bush Light's gone, and Bud Light's sitting there. So it is, I mean, I don't know who said... Yeah, let's do this. Because you don't have to do that. Bud Light didn't have to make... Somebody had to give it the green light. Yeah, someone, they could have just kept the cans blue and just poured great taste in Bud Light into cans, but they didn't. And there's a great story. They said there's this this bar that has this big darts league sponsored by Bud Light with 100 plus players every Thursday night. So they normally pour 495 12-ounce pours, right, every (laughs) night. 
last last week they sold four 12 ounce Bud Lights. Wow. So they went, their sales went 99% down to, it is, I mean, this is going to be studied in marketing classes all over the United States on how to what destroy to a brand yeah. in one simplistic marketing campaign that really didn't, that story, I don't know if it needed to be told from Bud Light, right? I can see you want to do certain things. You want to be respectful to everybody, but what a crazy thing that someone would say, let's try this. And boy, we just destroyed a multiple billion dollar brand. When when I saw the story surface, however long ago it was, a week or two weeks or whatever, whenever it was that this story first surfaced, I wasn't necessarily outraged because I don't give a damn if Dylan Mulvaney is featured on, yeah. a, on a beer can. That's not going to change my buying decision because mm. I don't drink Bud Light to begin sure. with. But what I was eager to see is... Well, the first because the first thought I had was they're committing suicide it's, by doing this, and, I, and so then when it, I'm glad you brought this up because I debated about whether we should talk because huh? I pers- I don't care. It, it, but, it's but, not but it's, it's not what they did, right? It's just the thought of like why mess with something that has a common everybody loves Bud Light. So that's where I was going because yeah. to me, what this. And then, of course, this video surfaced of this woman basically saying the quiet part out loud. And I thought, okay, well, here's what this was an example of. You bringing somebody in from the outside world that's a quote-unquote marketing expert Mm -hmm. and having zero idea who your base is. They need to have drinkers like you and me saying, "How how should we sell more Bud Light to you guys? Make it a dollar cheaper. I, that's you yeah. know, what kind of marketing campaign? Yep. Sponsor more Ultimate Fighting. I, you know, that's the stuff that I would pay attention to, maybe. But to say we're going to throw something that on, on the bottle, you know, this image of this person, which again, I don't care either way. Don't care. But yeah. but it's like why your core audience is not that person. Can I also say something that may or may not make me a giant bleep hole? Okay. <laughs> Can I? How should I phrase this? Is it is it bad of me to find joy in hearing those numbers you just gave me? Because I love nothing more than when a really bad woke idea goes horribly, horribly wrong. Well, they do have that adage, you know, uh, get woke and go broke, right? Which and, is true. And it, it's proving out to be, for, for Nike, Nike's getting killed, yep. right? Because actually the same person, they, they gave a, which is weird. And, and Okay. I normally don't like to get terribly political, right? Because, but they they gave this Unless person. Unless the microphones aren't on. Yes. This, this, well, no, they, they gave this I'm person kidding. Dylan, the same person I'm that's kidding. on the Bud Light can. They gave this this uh, transgender female Dylan a, um, and you've seen Dylan all over the place, yep. right? You've seen yep. he's been at, or she's been at the met the president and all this stuff. And actually, I've watched some YouTube videos of her and. Seems like an okay person, right? Sure. I, I, it's not a again. I don't. She's care. got a pretty decent yeah, personality. She's kind of funny. I don't give a damn. But what, what I don't yeah. get is Nike gave her a sports bra and leggings contract, paid her twenty six thousand bucks to do a video where she was wearing Nike sports bras and yoga pants, right? And the video is so so embarrassing to women. Because she's flapping around like she's a 12-year-old girl going, <laughs> like like pretending to work out, but like swinging her hands in the right. air weird. And if I were a female athlete, I'd say, that's not what female athletes do. We aren't prancing 12-year-old, you know, it's, it's so weird. It's not, I mean, when I think of Nike, I think of performance, 
right? Mm-hmm. I think of Michael Jordan. I think at the top of the line, I don't think of this person who does isn't an athlete. You know, Dylan's not an athlete. That's not who should be, um, you know, athletes should be wearing Nike. Well, look right? at exactly what's happening with Riley Gaines. Are you familiar yes, with Riley Gaines? Yes, Riley, this perfect example. This she is, should be a Nike. This is the um, exact opposite approach of what brands should be taking. We're now, we're pivoting from Riley Gaines is a female swimmer who came out against uh, why can't it? Because Joe's brought up the, Leah Thomas. Leah yeah, Thomas yeah. about the uncomfortable nature with which Leah Thomas was placed into their locker room mm. without their consent, yep. and how it made them uncomfortable and walking how, around naked, walking around yeah. naked, and yeah. then also by saying, "Well, we didn't ask for this." And oh, by the way, then Leah Thomas just comes and barely beats Riley Gaines, who was supposed to be mm-hmm. the national champion, yep. and she has now become the bad guy. The, in the eyes the bad of guy, so people, many. We're punching her in the head. At, so yeah. my point is that what what what's 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 your plan with all of this here? Because yeah. I love the fact that this backfired, and I love the mm-hmm. fact that a lot of other companies now are going to say, "Hold on a minute," Wait. because yeah. you, I, and so many others are going to say, "Hey, Dylan Mulvaney, you go ahead and be trans. Yeah. Go right ahead. Yeah, Just stop shoving all of this down my throat." Yeah, and because I, and it's I going to cost Dylan. you, and it's going to affect your I, you bottom line. You can't blame line. Dylan. No, you can't blame Dylan. I don't care. If it's Dil- just it's, it, and I'm not even. I'm just thinking mm-hmm. what marketing person says. Let's alienate a huge percentage of the population. Yep. Maybe not even a majority, just a plurality. But maybe our drinkers, if they think we're old and frat boys, they probably would say, "Well, geez, let's let's put maybe Michael Jordan on the bottle." Because maybe we'd sell some of those. Don't have anyone. Oh, just don't have anyone. Just keep cashing your Bud Light checks. They said this one week of lost sales for Bud Light has just been one week so far, and it's going to last a long time. But because I think when someone else tries something different than Bud Light, they might say, oh, there's other beers that are okay, right? Because I'm sure a Bud Light drinker has been a Bud Light drinker for a long time. All they have to do is lose some of those quality long-term drinkers. Well, and remember what – these numbers will somewhat resonate with you because I remember talking to somebody when we were doing the beer show. And when a company of this size is so cyclical, meaning they're not planning for – next week's sales Mm -hmm. in this particular work week, they're planning for December, right? That's how far ahead that they're looking in terms of production costs and inventory and all of those things. When you, when you have that dramatic of a shift in, because it's not going to be just this week. Yeah. It's going to last. This is going to, this hangover is going to be with them for quite some time. And I remember when, you know, we were we were talking to somebody that was associated with a major brand, and I don't remember which one, so I'm not going to try to remember. But they had said, "Oh, we lost three percent of sales," and, and I'm thinking, "Oh, that's not that. That's, not well, no, that's huge for yeah, them, billions of dollars, or so hundreds of millions." When of you're dollars. talking about, and I think it had it had to do with the transition from trying to focus less on beer and maybe a seltzer or what, sure. whatever it was, but the shift was a three percent change and I it, that didn't seem like a big deal to me but to them that's a huge deal. Oh yeah, you don't want to decline and it sounds like Bud Light's mm-hmm. sales have been declining for years. There's a lot of options. It might be that a lot of people are still drinking Bud Light but they're drinking seltzers whatever. But why stab it in the heart and kill it off. There's a great quote from here from the St. Louis Hospitality uh, Consultant. It says, sometimes you just want to drink a beer without getting a lecture on social or political commentary Perfect. or someone's sexual orientation. Perfect. You just want to have a Bud Light. So Okay, you know how sometimes on Garage Logic we read a story like this and then we just leave and we're just pissed? What I want to do is look at the silver lining. The silver lining is when you go to the grocery store next week or go to the liquor store, 
Bud Light's going to be cheap, right? <laughs> it's going to be on sale everywhere to get people back. So if you're a Bud Light drinker, which I drink Bud Light, it's going to be very easy to say. You do not. I, I, 100% I'll drink Bud Light. Oh, okay. I'll even drink McUltra. I actually like McUltra because it's like drinking beer-flavored water. And now that it's going to be like three bucks for a case, you are yeah, definitely going to Yeah, I mean, I, I might even get a couple <laughs> of cases, right? If it's Because what I'm saying is um, my politics is not quite as important as a good deal on a case of Bud Light. That's a good point. Yeah. So I'm... Because you're a bottom line guy. I'm a bottom line guy. <laughs> if I can save three bucks, go ahead, put anybody on the bottle. I don't care. I Because I there's so many people that I follow that were retweeting this video with their own personal social commentary. Mm-hmm. And one of the lines that I loved was, oh my goodness, I can't believe that this was literally put out on social media. Yeah. As in, look at us. Look at how progressive we are. Yep. And the first that I thought it I had to, that came to mind was, dear God, they're committing suicide. They, yeah, you you just watch them kill themselves through marketing. Yeah, and and I wonder where it will go. Like, what will actually happen? How long will this last? Oh, with that, and it I'm not last. trying to generalize, but people that have those types of options, because I'll be honest, a lot of my beer drinker circle. Yeah. I don't remember a lot of them even drinking this in the first place, sure. but that kind of stuff will stay with you for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So I you think watch, they're going to go hire the rock well, or they're going to go hire somebody. What to, it is, to bring is back it's, it's the label. one thing that someone can do if they feel like they've been slighted, they can say, Hey, I'm not going to drink that anymore. Right. Okay. I was listening to a, another podcast. With, How guy, dare you? Yeah. It, it's a guy that invented the proud boys. Right. Okay. And the proud boys get this, this image of being neo-Nazis and really like just they're all over the board. They're really bad people. And some of the members of the Proud Boys were asking this guy saying, hey, we have to boycott Bud Light. And he goes, no, what we have to do is we have to be associated with Bud Light every second because people hate us so badly that if they see us drinking Bud Light, they're going to say, Bud Light's for neo-Nazis. So he's like, we, our team, the the Proud Boys, aren't going to stop drinking Bud Light. We're going to start wearing Bud Light shirts. We're going to be posing Yeah, we're going to be posing everywhere. And I thought, oh. So that way, everybody's mad. Everybody's (laughs) mad. Everybody will be mad at Bud Light. All right. Did you get your Bud Light sentiments off here? I did. And again, if um, we have to call our our friends from Elevated Beer Wines and Spirits and see if they're throwing Bud Lights. We should have talked to them about this story. That's a great point. Because that would be really interesting or to see. because we've already got some hard data yeah. for this week, maybe we should check in with them next see week. See how sales are going on Bud Light. It, exactly. is, have they rebounded or whatever? We'll find out. All right. So kind of a left turn here, but mm-hmm. something I wanted to bring up with you because I think I know you fairly well. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to get back into the, the, the massive road trip that I took, but something happened, and I'm wondering if you or others... Uh, if this happens to you as well, so I love music, all forms, all mm-hmm. genres. I don't care if it's if it's if it's great. In fact, I refuse to let Joe listen to the Mavericks version of uh, "Hank Ain't Done It This Way." No, what's the name of that song? Joe, now he's gone already. So I'm driving home a week ago Saturday, and I'm listening to a lot of satellite radio, which I'm allowed to say because I'm no longer affiliated with a radio station. <laughs> well, we are, but but so, yeah. but you know what I'm saying. I, yeah. I, I always kid, but I but there's there's a couple of channels that I I love on satellite mm-hmm. radio, and you know when you're in the middle of nowhere, yeah, yeah all satellite radio is yeah. great because you it never goes out of yeah. out of uh, radar. What the hell? Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Out of reach. Anyway, yeah. so uh, I was flipping around, and then of course you get kind of bored, so you just you just start to scan, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the country stations that I listen to is called the Highway. 
And I listen to it because they, they will have newer artists on before pretty much everybody else. Okay. And they happen to be featuring um, hu- huge megastar Luke Combs. Okay. Which I'm I've fr- I'm familiar with him and sure. kind of dig a couple of his songs. But they did this like deep dive, sit in the studio for four hours. I mean, I wow. I had this on because I was in the car yeah, forever. You're, you're driving him. Yeah. So they had him in for what seemed like two or three hours where he'd interview, he'd play a song. They do an interview because he had a new album coming okay. out, and so it, which is ahead of some massive tour that he's kicking off, I believe, this weekend in Nashville. So I'm listening to this, and it's great because I'd never really heard him interviewed before, and he's got some depth to him, you okay. know, as far as his songwriting. And I didn't realize this; he writes pretty much all of his own stuff, really, to the point where he also writes songs for other country artists, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, that is cool. So, and the reason I'm bringing this up is. An artist will grab me based upon individual choices that they make. So he they, they they featured a song that he covered, and this happens to be a song that I absolutely love for reasons I'm not going to get into. But he covered Tracy Chapman's song, Fast Car. Are you oh, familiar with that yeah, song? Yeah, of course. Which is a great song. Absolutely. And so they... He, so I'm th- they had mentioned that, hey, well, let's get to the cover, and why did you decide to do the cover? And I'm thinking, oh, great, he, he's covering, you know, some whatever. And then they mentioned this, I go, well, wait a minute, yeah, what now? Yeah. And then he played it. Mike. Good. Not only was it good, it, I thought it was great, to the point where I'm like, oh, my God, I'm, like, tearing up. Yeah, yeah. It was so, it was so good, it made me a fan of him. Really? Yes. Well, that's so, cool. But the line that got me with him, because a lot of times what artists will do is if they do decide to cover a song, and I get why they do it. I'm not ripping artists for doing this, but they they tend to change some of the the lyrics to kind of make it their own. Mm-hmm. And he didn't change a single word. Okay. And his quote was, "Why would I ruin Tracy's perfect song?" Sure. And I went, there you go. Damn. Oh, that's okay. Cool. I like this because he's got cool. a couple other songs that I dig a lot. Yeah. Um, but I just thought, I wonder if that's happened to other where they. Oh yeah, I've I've heard of that guy, but then you hear one specific sure, performance, sure. and I used to work in music radio, so that would happen to me quite a bit. Where, um, if for instance, you're gonna make fun of me, but I don't care. The, do you remember the band Five for Fighting? Sure. Okay, I was at a remote uh, studio performance by them right before they like blew up. Okay, because they blew up when what's his name John and Jurassic, I believe is his, the lead singer's name. Mm-hmm. He performed their hit song at a 9/11 tribute and that just made okay. those guys take off. So I, we were at the and he played take off is a kind of song, a bad, you know. Yeah, that was yes, kind of a bad yes. play on words and I apologize yes. for that. Uh, Skyrocket defended. Yeah, so yeah. anyway, but but they had performed this and I was watching them do this acoustic version of the song and I melted. I went, oh my God, these guys are great. Anyway, so I, that's happened to me from time to time. But this one was just like, I never thought, here's some country bumpkin superstar. He, he is a country boy. For, he's for like, sure. Yeah, yeah. And that's his bread and butter. But yep. when he performed this song, it showed me, oh, he's got some depth to him, which that's I thought cool. was cool. I that that was is cool. very cool. So he comes to town May 13th. I know. I saw that. And for as little as $280, <laughs> you can that. get general admission floor seats. So I was having this conversation on Sunday with my nephew. He's actually my godson because he went to the Red Hot Chili Peppers on last Saturday at U.S. Bank. I, I'm going to tell you he said it was great. He loved it. He loved it. Yeah. Okay. Because he's 
18 or 19. Wait, I'm sorry, I'm trying to do the math. He is. He's about to be. He's about to turn 19. And I th- I've said, of course, you loved it. I, I saw them the last time they were here. Sure. Right. I saw them in 1989. I'm making that up. Like way back when. Sure. And then I saw them. They look the same. They sound the same. They move the same. I was like, how is that possible? Sure. It looks like they didn't age. And those guys played rough and for a I'm, long time. This is nothing against the the Chili Peppers. Yeah. I just hate U.S. Bank Stadium as a venue. Sure. For for a couple of reasons. Number one, unless you were on the floor and have great seats, the sound is god-awful. It's, it's acoustically horrible. Even though it has improved slightly, mm. it's still really bad. It's that glass ceiling. And I just, I don't like being at concerts that are that, and I've I've attended at least five at U.S. Bank. And it's because, well, that's your only option. I went to see the Stones very last mm-hmm. minute. Well, it's, I don't, there's not another option. That's where they're yeah, playing. And yeah, I want to yeah. say I saw the Stones, right? But it's just, I just despise that venue and nothing against it. it. You're a big, giant football stadium. You're not supposed to have good acoustics, but that's yeah. that's where a guy like Luke Holmes is going to play. Yeah, I, I mean, that's where they have to because they're going to sell so many seats. Hey, do you have a favorite concert? I'm trying to think of my favorite concert. I had one really cool experience. at One time I was invited to go see Ed Sheeran, right? And it was a couple other artists in Ed Sheeran. And at, at that point in time, I did not know who Ed Sheeran was, but I was with somebody who had a lot of power at this venue. Mm-hmm. So the... Um, it was me and, and someone I can't remember who I was with, and we're standing like behind Ed Sheeran in the back of the stage, but like six feet behind him, not 80 feet or 20 feet. We're just like kind of on the stage with him, and I was like, and I don't know if I even heard of him at that point. Maybe he had one song, and I was like, this kid is on. Believable, And I remember saying to the person I was with, like, I don't think they're going to, I mean, he's a redhead that right. looks, you know, he's not real, he's not like a super handsome kid, right? And I just thought, I don't know how far he's going to go. Was I wrong? Yeah. I mean, it, that kid is a mega talent. Yeah. I mean, it's, and, you know, and a great writer. Um, I guess not one that really sticks out. And again, when you work in the business, mm-hmm. you get access to stuff that, yeah. that, that people just normally don't. So... I, I get it. I'm jaded and I'm biased. And to be honest, I haven't been to a concert. Well, I guess I went to the Stones, but and the the bride and I went to go see Stapleton uh, with George Strait because sure. I wanted to watch Chris Stapleton because I'm mm-hmm. a huge fan. But uh, one that sticks out in particular, uh, <sighs> I did go to U2 with the mayor and my pregnant wife. Oh, that would have been cool. Where he gets, that was the one that was at the Gopher Stadium. Okay. Um, where oh, where it rained and... Which was... Fantastic. Cool. Yep, yep. To the point where um, my poor wife was, let's see, this would have been July of 2011. So she was six months pregnant, mm. six months pregnant with my now 11 year old son. Okay. And Joe gets up about, you know, halfway to two thirds through the show. And she said, Oh, Joe, uh, he's like, Yeah, I'm just going to run to the bathroom. And she said, Oh, would you mind getting me a water? Oh, no. oh sure, sure. And then he walked away. I'm laughing. And then he walked away, and she said, "Oh, I go, honey, we're never, seeing never him. coming we're back. Not, we're not yeah. seeing him again." And she yeah. said, "Well, he said he. I, go, I know, I know, I know. He said that. Yeah, but he's gone. He, he's he's gone. long gone. He's yeah. already out of here. Yeah, that he was wa- pretty fun. He wants to get a trip out. That, so you two has a concert series coming up. Yeah, at the that. Sphere. Yeah, that looks cool and super cheap. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so if you don't know what I'm talking about, if, if you're a listener in Vegas, they built this one billion dollar bowl. How, how many people does it seat? Uh, thousands, like 4,000 or something, 5,000. Okay. It's, it's uh, making that 68, 68 is what I'm thinking. I'm going to look that up now because I'm coming up with 68, 68, which seems like a lot. Um, I don't know. Uh, so so they have this sphere. It's it's a perfect round ball and you sit inside of it. Yep. And it is a 
almost a 360 immersive experience. Okay. So it's not only a concert, and it, they have like 10,000 speakers, and the whole ceiling is a video screen. The whole sphere. Okay. And it's going to be, I think it's just getting done right now. Um, have you have you heard of this thing? Mm, I I think I have seen photos of the construction project of said venue. I mean, it's going to be unbelievable. Because it's cl- is it isn't it close to the Raiders Stadium? I think it's right off the strip. Yeah, I thought um, I thought that's what I saw. Let's see seating. Let's see capacity. But you know me, I'm not a big Vegas guy, and yeah. it's, it has nothing to do with if I'm not anti gambling. I'm not anti fun. I'm anti Reavers in it's, Vegas because I know me. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I know me too. That's why I don't love it either. I actually seat seventeen thousand five hundred, so I was off with my sixty-eight, sixty-eight. But think of that: so seventeen thousand people wow. in a round ball, couple hundred feet in the air. I mean, it's like huge. I mean, it's it's way taller than a couple hundred feet in the air. But depending on where you're sitting, the ceiling could be way above you. Yeah. And I think you too. They've always been super progressive with backdrops, and you know, the Octune Baby oh, yeah. concert was super. Yeah. And remember Discotech that tour? Sure. With the big ball that they had, or the big uh, lemon that spun around. I can't remember. Maybe that was lemon. I can't remember. <laughs> but it was, they've always done big things like that. And this is going to be so crazy to see this thing. It's uh, at the Venetian. So it's right next to the Venetian in, in Vegas. So it's right downtown. Okay. Or right on the strip. Okay. It's going to be really cool. I, I think I had uh, said to my wife, I'm like, hey, should we go to this? And she said, I don't like to, you too. And I said, no, sl- say that a little slower. Because I, I thought she said, I don't like you. Too. Like oh. that's all like and I said, Do you mean As I don't in, like you? I don't also? like you in addition to everybody else. <laughs> yes. Got it. So I was unsure. And she said, No, <laughs> she doesn't like the band you too. And I said, Oh, but would you go with me just to go see it? Because I would really like to go see a concert in there. I remember going to one of those, you know, those movie theaters that is all immersive, like the, the IMAX theaters. Oh yeah. And um we were sitting down, I was sitting with my little kids, and the movie hasn't started. My youngest daughter turns to me and she goes, I'm gonna throw up. Oh no! I said, no, no, it hasn't even started yet. You gotta, you gotta wait. I said, just, just calm down, just calm down. And, and then it, okay. it was one of those nature things where we're flying through the, you know, the the Amazon or something. She's like, this is the best. I'm like, just looking around to see who she's gonna puke on. I'm like, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Did you guys uh, have any big stories on Garage Logic today? Um, that's a great question. Um, we did. You can't remember them. You I just can't did it. Remember a you, single thing? You literally we just, did. just did it. We just got done here. I'll pull up the. Uh, oh, we had uh, an update from the great city of San Francisco. Oh, in which Whole Foods has decided that uh, I know we've only been open for one year, but this is not sustainable. So we're closing our doors here. Are you kidding me? And offering uh, jobs to all the peep current employees. We're gonna we're gonna uh, offer them Move jobs them elsewhere. Yeah. To the point where, and I mentioned this, and I don't think it garnered the reaction on the show the way that I thought it would because mm-hmm. I don't know why but I'm utterly f- kind of maybe back to the the, the when woke go makes you go yeah, broke yeah go woke get broke because that's essentially what's happening yeah, in San woke, Francisco broke, is yeah. it's it's woke politics sure. ruining the city to the point where I've become utterly fascinated with the disintegration of the city not taking joy in it just saying well we're not that far behind in some yeah. respects. For, but or, or why do it? Or, 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 so who, who gets who wins by having a city get destroyed? Exactly. So mm-hmm. to the point where I follow a woman by the name of Michelle Tandler. Mm-hmm. I believe she is a journalist in San Francisco, but she's one of those people that has has had her eyes opened about okay. progressive policy and hey, I'm we need to do something here. Yeah. So there's also another reporter by the name of Andy No, who who likes to stir it up. Yep, I, yep, I, I will yep. fully admit that. But Andy, Andy 
post real videos and things that you can see with your own two eyes yep. of a woman, Mike, on the streets of San Francisco, the drug-riddled streets of San Francisco, giving birth. Are you kidding me? In which firefighters had to come to her aid, and I'm thinking, this isn't normal. Th- 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 this is not the world in which all of us grew up and wanted to thrive in. Like We, we took a left turn some time where... People are losing it, yeah, and I get it. Yeah. You know, addiction's a horrible, horrible thing. Mm-hmm. I get that. These people need help. Yes, this yeah. whole notion of we need to find sustainable housing and mm-hmm. shut up. Yeah, this isn't about this guy's going to take his thousand dollars and use it as a down payment. He's going to use it to and buy to drugs. drugs and just he's, he's just stop, killing himself faster. Let's yeah. stop pretending yeah. that this is something other than what it is. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes me so angry. Is it's it's not easy, but it's such an easy answer. But there's mm. so many people who are unwilling to admit that. And if you have the idea of trying to force people into treatment, you're the bad guy. Yeah, I almost said the F word. Yeah, bleep you. Yeah, uh, th- that's what. Else? Well, then what's your plan? Mm. Because yeah. guess what? It ain't working. No, if if you take this down to. If your son or daughter were addicted to drugs and you saw them on the side of the road begging for money, would you say, here's $1,000, go get yourself an apartment? You'd say, ooh, I got to do something different than that because if I hand you $1,000, you're going to go kill yourself with drugs. And it, it is really odd when I see people on the side of the road in the Twin Cities. I feel compassion for people, right? I don't want, if yeah. you're mentally ill, it's, it's, a, it's a huge problem. But every time someone gives an obvious drug addict money, I think, what are you doing? Why don't you give them one more bullet for the gun that they have, yep. right? I mean, well, like, well, you're killing that person by giving them money. And there, I always have this, this adage that, let's say you were a mild drug user, right? And you just kind of were down on your luck and you found out that you could beg and sustain life with just, you could get your drugs and you could be, you could kind of have a tent to live in or whatever. And if the, you couldn't pick up that 30 or 40 or $50 begging every day, you would have to call back your brother that you haven't talked to for three years and say, Hey Tom, um, can I please you know, sleep in your basement. I promise you I won't do anything. You know, it might force you to try to do something other than drugs. Yep. But if you can just keep going on this horrible, horrible trajectory of more and more drugs, having less effect on your body, it's just not good. And it just seeing that every day is heartbreaking, heartbreaking. And as a society, when we allow people just to live in a tent on the side of the street, that is just brutal in my mind that we would have that that lack of compassion for people. Well, and that's the thing. It's it's the idea of hiding behind, well, I'm part of the group that has compassion for all that's mm. allowing them. No, you're not. You're, you're killing those people. You're killing yeah. these people yeah. and hiding behind the idea that, well, we're the ones that are nurturing and we're the ones that are, and I'm so sick of, I'm so sick of disingenuous behavior, especially from the political yeah. class. And it happens on both sides. Sure, sure. So I'm not an idiot. Yeah. I get that. But this, oh, I, I, I could go on, and I don't want to, but we, I could go on for hours about this because it makes me so angry. Kenny from Garage Logic made a joke about, you know, um, we're all worried about a war with China. And Kenny's like, I'm not worried for one second because China's <laughs> winning. They just have They're to just be patient for three more years, yep. right? Or whatever it takes. And I wonder if people in China get videos of San Francisco and say, what is going on in America? Yeah, we're good. We don't want like, that. Yeah, I don't even know if we want 
the United States. I don't know if we, you know, this is not good. And it, it seems like I, I, at some point in time, Americans will be fleeing to Mexico. Maybe in our lifetime, we'll say, hey, you know what? Well, let's get south of the border. Something something needs to be... Well, because yeah. you, you guys, I would assume, study these types of metrics because there was a piece, I don't remember which publication, mm-hmm. but how um, the Twin Cities Metro, it was basically, I think, a top of the top 20 markets we were one of five where population in the two major counties, Hennepin mm. and Ramsey, both declined sure. over the last, I believe it was three years. And so, that's a problem. And they started with due to the pandemic, which yep. I get completely yep. because a lot of people decided, oh, I can work from home now or I can do whatever. For yep. But I just, and I know you, you are the one that tries to talk me off this ledge. I just don't see how these cities, and I'm just talking about my city. I love Minneapolis. Sure. I love the Twin Cities. I don't see how and when it's coming back. Yeah, I was just in downtown right before I came here. Looked great. Everything looked fine in downtown. Uptown looked great. I mean, everything, you know, it's, it's busy in uptown, right? Sure. But it just felt and looked good. It's, I, I don't know, but, you know, 3% population decrease means I do 3% less business. Right. Right? We just have 3% less people. And, you know, I, I, I know that's super simplistic, but, you know, roughly that. And you're not making it about you and your store, yeah, but just, you're just, you know, that's, that's your metric just, that you you're use. You're just going to do roughly yes. 3% less. You know, just fat math says you're going to do 3% less. That's not sustainable. But when we talk about tone-deaf marketing, I remember when Minneapolis came out with a um, Minneapolis, see what all the fuss is about or yes. whatever. Well, it was some key. It's like how the fuss is, the fuss is people are dying on the streets by mm-hmm. cars running over people from racing in the middle of the night. It's like that. Who makes that? How tone deaf are you that you say, see what all the fuss is about? Oddly enough, I was just going to send this story to Joe for tomorrow's broadcast, mm-hmm. but to hell with it. I'll bring it up on our show. There is a new ad campaign, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with this, and I don't know who's involved, but it does involve the city of Minneapolis, where we're going to spend money to buy advertising. Hey, I'm here. You want Mm -hmm. want Reavers to endorse you? I'm ready. There you go. Guess what the advertising campaign is, Michael? Make Uh sure... You bring your keys with you out of your car. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because, you know, it's your fault that your car is getting stolen. Well, with all due respect, with all due respect, if you're dumb enough to leave your keys in their car, you know, but but I don't think advertising, because if you're doing that, you're not able to read. Because if you're in Minneapolis and you leave your car, your keys in your car, I mean, many cars that are stolen are running, right? Or the keys are just sitting there. Uh, you know, come on now. You can't blame Kia for that if you leave the keys to, in your car. To the point where the 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 woman I'm married to, one day I, I went, oh, I remember I went to go uh, wash and, and fill up her car. And so I got into it and I said, what? what? I said, hey, honey, your, your, your billfold is in your door. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's where I keep it. No, you what? Just, yeah. When you go to work? Yeah. I said, so you go to work and that's where it sits. And she said, well, yeah, that way it's just easy. So when I pick... No, no, you don't can't do that. You, you yeah. don't. You don't do that here. No. You, you got to bring that with you. Well, no one's. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. someone is going to yeah. eventually. Yeah, it will eventually happen, and then oh. they'll say, I, "I can't believe that happened." You, you wonder. So we're sitting in a marketing meeting, and someone says, "Hey, let's do this marketing plan that says keep your keys out of your car, bring your keys with you. Sure. It's going to cost us thirty nine thousand bucks." And someone says. Okay, what's the ROI on that? What's that return on investment? <laughs> and then someone says, "Well, how many people is that going to change their minds? How many people? Where are we going? Oh, we're going to play it on NPR. Okay, so that's a thirty-nine thousand dollar ad buy for it's NPR run on channel. Name it. Yeah, you know, four, five, nine, or eleven. I mean, when, when, when is that going to play? Like, I mean, it, it's. I don't know who okay's that. And when, and when did the 
I don't want to say, when did the government know. get into marketing? I don't of, know if you're paying attention, yeah. but I don't think anybody asks where the money's being spent yeah, anymore. I think someone might, someone eventually somebody, will want to uh, We were talking about the, did you, did, hey, maybe you can give me an update on the governor. Did he not rent that house anymore? I don't remember Because the that house that. is now, I think, back up on the market for sale. Ah. Uh, McFadden's place. Okay. So it's up for sale for three million bucks. So I thought maybe, because they obviously can't sell it if the governor's living there. I'm right? trying to remember which legislator brought this up, but it was a state legislator here in the state of Minnesota that basically called this legislative session the hold my beer yeah. session yeah. because it's one Whatever thing after want. another. Yep. It's a free-for-all. Anyway. Yeah. But yet they're still raising taxes to build pot or fill potholes, yeah. which they should already be doing. I didn't think that was a, I didn't think that was that egregious of a story for the governor to live in a $17,000 a month house. I didn't think that was that egregious. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it's, it's a big house. I mean, it would, that's what the governor's mansion would cost you. If you rented the governor's mansion, it would probably be $30,000 a month. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Are you I'm looking trying, it up? I'm trying. No, I was trying to find what uh, the, the the tweet that I saw, but I couldn't find okay. it anyway. Well, that was fun. Hey, we went deep. I want to apologize about that. Why? Because this was supposed to be GL Light. <laughs> now, you know what? It's never going to be. It's never going to be GL Bud Light. No, you're definitely <laughs> right there. But in all honesty, we I can't remember if this came up during the show or after the show, before the show or whatever. It's impossible to keep up with the madness. Yeah. It, yeah. it just, it just it, it is. is. Yep. And it's almost, I don't want to. I, uh, you know, that's I, why you have this show. The, I don't want right? to be bummed out by every single thing that I read, but that's what's happening right yeah. now. Yeah. And it's too bad. Well, anyway. No, but we can do some things. Yes. We can buy our Bud Light on sale. That's we right. Can go, did you do any snow blowing of piles of snow in your yard with your shirt off like I did? I did not. I, I filmed it for my children. They thought it was so cool. I was snow blowing. How, how long ago? Two days ago. Because it was so warm outside. You uh, had that much snow left? Oh, yeah. I have a dark side of the house that oh. is... I mean, I have one pile that's eight foot tall. Okay. I mean, it's just tall as can be. I'm not, I'm not touching that, but I was snow blowing in this deck area where I'm like, only in Minnesota do I have a pair of shorts on. I had Crocs, shorts, no shirt, and I'm snow blowing taking videos for my kids. I shoveled once in shorts and a t-shirt, but not shirtless. I thought shirtless added a little je ne sais quoi. Mm. (laughs) I don't know either. Look at you. Yeah. Michael, thank you so (laughs) much. you're the best. Please do us a favor, rate and review the show wherever you happen to be listening to the Weekly Scramble. We would greatly appreciate it. His name is Mike Fratelloni with Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores, and my name is Chris Reavers. We will talk to you again next week. Until then, cheers.